This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. The Lives of Harry Lyme was adapted from Graham Greene's novel entitled The Third Man. The radio show also served as a prequel to the 1949 film, which has the same name as the radio show. The story follows the life of Harry Lyme, a con artist who would engage in many forms of crimes in order to get big bucks in a fast way. However, Harry Lyme only uses his wits to make his way out of trouble instead of using guns. It was Orson Welles who was given the title role. The radio program made the character of Harry Lyme less evil than on what was portrayed in the film. The show first aired August 3rd of 51 and ended July 25th of 1952 after a total of 48 episodes. Most episodes would begin with the third man theme being played on the zither by Anton Karras and then abruptly cut off by an echoing gunshot. More about Orson Welles after we hear the episode Bohemian Star. Presenting Orson Welles as the third man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. That was the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie The Third Man, yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. No. He had many lives. And I can tell you about all of them. How? Because my name is Harry Lyme. A diamond as big as a hen's egg. Changed that to a duck's egg. And I held it right here in my hand. Not that I had any idea of keeping it, you understand. I was merely recovering it to return it to its rightful owner. Do I hear hollow laughter? All right. You don't have to take my word for it. Ask Scotland Yard. Get them to show you the files. What do you think I am? A crook? Thank you. 
And now, Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man in The Bohemian Star. London, 1938. One of those quaint old English pubs, you know, with cubicles around the walls. Seated together, a boy and a girl. Not hard to look at either, the girl. Peaches and cream, that wonderful English type. In the next cubicle, a handsome, distinguished-looking American, Harry Lyme. Me. Not eavesdropping, of course, just interested in a casual sort of way. You mean to say you have to work? Yes. But you promised to take me to the pictures. I'm sorry, dear. I didn't know this was going to turn up. Look, Terry, if it's just that you're broke as usual and can't afford a cinema, let's walk in Hyde Park or feed the pigeons in Trafalgar Square or something. There's no need to spoil our evening altogether. No, it's not that, Pat. Honestly, I have got a job. The news editor wished it on me just as I was leaving. What do you have to do? It's an interview. Some South American Johnny called Senor Alvarez. I've got an appointment with him at the Hotel Splendid at 8.30. What is it you have to see him about? Well, ever heard of Bocanovia? Hmm, one of those little Balkan states. Oh, that's right. Well, three years ago, there was a revolution, and the monarchy was deposed, and what's ironically known as a People's Republic took its place. On the last plane out, some of the royal family escaped to London with the crown jewels. And they've been here in the safety deposit ever since. What, the royal family? Oh, fathead, no, no, the jewels. Incidentally, the pièce de résistance, as they say, is the Bohemian Star. Oh, I thought that was an opera. Uh-huh. Look, the Bohemian Star is the centerpiece of the scepter. A huge single diamond, almost as big as the Cullinan. Makes my engagement ring look a bit silly, doesn't it? I always had a suspicion you were getting me on the cheap. Well, I like cheap. Well, that cost me a week's salary at Hatton Garden. Well, you better demand an increase at once, darling. <laughs> anyway, what does Senor What's-His-Name fit into all this? Senor Alvarez is a leading jeweler of Buenos Aires. It seems the National Museum of the Argentine wants a replica of the Bocanovian crown jewels for an exhibition of some sort. And so the senor's been sent to take photographs, sketches, you know, measurements and so on. When he gets home, he'll reproduce the whole collection in paste. Well, it sounds awfully dull to me. And for that, I have to miss Don Amici. Well, who cares about him? I have to miss Betty Grable. Mm, there's no justice in no. the world. Can't you get out of it somehow? No, I'm sorry, darling. Not a chance. I've always had an interest in jewels. Purely academic, of course. Particularly diamonds. Particularly big diamonds. My night was free. I was feeling in a benevolent mood. So I did what anyone might have done. Excuse me. I I hope you'll forgive my rudeness, but I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. I thought maybe I could help you out if you'd let me. Uh-huh. Perhaps I'd better introduce myself first. My name's Paul Atkinson. Paul Atkinson? Mm. Not the Paul Atkinson of American Associated Press. Well, I, I do an occasional stint for the AAP. Oh, gosh, I, I read your articles every week. I'm Terry Freeman of the Clarion. Glad to know you, Terry. Uh, this is my fiancée, Miss Pat Weston. Hello, Pat. How do you do? Look, won't you sit down? Oh, thanks. It's an interview you have to do is sort of spoiling your evening together. I understand. Oh, just one of those things, you There's know. There's nothing we can do about it, I'm afraid. When do you have to turn your copy in? Ten o'clock tomorrow morning. Ten? I'll do better than that. I'll deliver it personally to you at nine on the dot. Guaranteed. I don't follow. Well, you two kids go off to your movie. I'll interview this guy, Alvarez, and write your story for you. Yes, but oh, why should you do a thing like this? Well, why not? I haven't any girlfriends to take out. Pretty poor newspaper man who won't help a colleague when the chance turns up. Oh, it, it's kind of you, but uh, I couldn't dream of imposing on you like that, Mr. Atkinson. Well, for the record, my friends call me Paul. Oh. 
I assure you it's no imposition. Of course, if you're scared, I won't turn in a story up to standard. Oh, gosh, look, it's not that. Why, you couldn't write a bad story if you tried, but... <laughs> Look, what would my editor say if he found out? I was going to tell him, you, or me, or Pat here. Of course, there's another way out. Oh, what's that? You go off to your interview, and I'll take Pat to the movies. Uh-uh. Thanks. I wouldn't trust even a newspaper man as far as that. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> the uh, Splendid, then. Uh, 8.30? Yes. Look, all uh, Forget same, it, Terry, old man. I'm not doing you a good turn. You're doing one for me. <laughs> On the dot of 8.30, I pressed the bell to Sweet C, third floor, Hotel Splendid. I hadn't figured out any plan of campaign, you understand. This was just a sort of mm, preliminary survey. Smooth South American type introduced himself as Alvarez and invited me in. We drank each other's health, and then we settled down to business. I am not very accustomed to be interviewed, Senor Freeman. What is the procedure? Oh, it's easy. It's easy. I ask the questions, and you answer them. Uh, I will do my best. Well, now, your job is to work out the precise measurements, as I understand it, of the jewels and their settings, so, uh, so you can make exact replicas for the museum. Is that right? Uh, partly. But you understand it is much more than a matter of mere measurement. Oh, yes, yes, I guess it must be. There is the color of the various jewels, oh, for yes. instance, and some of the settings are of extremely intricate filigree. Tell me, senor, how did you fix it to gain access to the jewels? It was necessary for me to make formal application to the Bocovinian Royal Court in Exile. And you found them cooperative? Well, naturally, one does not expect these favors for nothing. Oh, yes. There will be a certain, how shall I put it, financial adjustment. As I see. Well, how long do you figure the job will take you? I hope to complete it in a month. How long have you been on it now? Just a week. What's the routine? The routine? Well, I dare say there's an armed guard and so on. Oh, but of course, that is inevitable. The Bohemian star alone is worth 500,000 pounds. Yes, that's two million dollars. Now, who provides this guard? The insurance company. There is a room at the safe deposit. And each morning, the item I require is taken in there, and I work on it. Under observation? Yes. There are two detectives who never take their eyes off me or my secretary. So you have a secretary, too? Yes, Manuel Arizzi. He should be here soon, so perhaps you will meet him. That's fine. Now, uh, tell me, senor, could it be arranged for me to come along one day and watch you actually at work? I cannot say as to that. Make a much better story, you know. Perhaps so. But it would be a matter for the Bocovinian authority. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put in an application tomorrow. Will you support it? Naturally. Fine, that's settled then. And now I guess... Uh, ah, that must be my secretary now. I am in here, Manuel. Good, everything is fixed, Pedro. That very obliging gentleman, Senor Myerson, has finished the paste copy of the Bohemian Star, and I have it with me now. Regardless, my friend, it is not perfect. Manuel. Tomorrow, when the right moment comes, I will distract the attention of the detectives, and you will remove the real jewel and slip this one in place. <coughs> Manuel, we have company. Uh, you oh. fool to talk like that. But how was I to know? Who is this man? One of my sons? This is a gentleman named Freeman, a reporter from the Evening Clarion. A reporter? <clears throat> well, uh, thanks uh, very much for the interview, senor. Now, if you don't mind, what I think What is I'll... your hurry? Well, uh, I uh, have to go on back to the office. You can wait a little while. Mm? Let me pour you a drink. Oh, no, uh, thanks very much, Roman. I, I think Sorry, you'd... I can't stay. Uh... I think you'd better, senor. This gun is loaded. Well, oh... What's the big idea? You do not think we could let you go after what you heard, eh? Well, now, wait a minute. I'm not the sort of guy who goes around shooting off his mouth. I can keep quiet. Um, it is my intention to see you do keep quiet. What is? There are ways. Well, how? Such as uh, we could kill you. Yes, yes. 
suppose you could, but you won't. What makes you so sure? These walls aren't very soundproof. The shot would be heard. I have a knife. Okay, you could kill me with your little knife. Then what? How do you mean? Having an odd body lying about the place. That proved to be a little embarrassing, don't you think? You could never conceal one in here. You couldn't risk getting it out without being caught. There would be certain difficulties, I assume. So it looks as though you'll have to trust me after all. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? Good night, gentlemen. One moment, senor. There are other ways. Oh? What, for instance? Well, this. What? Oh! Manuel, I have told you before, I detest violence. <laughs> that should keep him quiet for a little while. You know, I've been thinking, why should a reporter on an English newspaper be an American? I eh? dare say it does happen. Yes, perhaps so, but you must admit it is unusual. What are you looking for in his pocket? Papers. Ah, a letter. There, what did I tell you? It is addressed to Harry Lyme. Harry Lyme? What, you know the but name? But of course. So does every police department in the world. You mean... I mean that compared with him, we are amateurs. Ah, so that's it, We eh? must do something, Manuel. I know. I will drive the car to the back entrance, and we will take him down the back stairs. Like he is now? Well, why not? We will be seen. But we will say he's drunk. Then we'll drive him to the country and... Well, dispose of him. As he himself would say, take him for a ride. Don't be foolish. There will be no killing. But surely... We are jewel thieves, not murderers. A man like Lyme would have powerful friends who would stop at nothing to get even with us. Besides, this is England. What is that to do with it? There is an institution here known as Scotland Yard. Extremely <laughs> efficient, I'd understand. I have no wish to die with a rope around my neck, oh. even if you have. Very well. You make a better suggestion. All right. We steal the Bohemian Star tomorrow, right? Right. Tomorrow evening we catch a plane, and next morning we are in New York, where we have many good friends who will look after us. Right? Right. And then it is quite simple. All we have to do is to keep our friends here quiet for a day and a half. And after that it will not matter how much he talks. Yes, and how are we going to do that? Eh? That is up to Senor Mayerson. He must find us a quiet place somewhere and a reliable man to see that Senor Lyme does not escape till we are clear. Mm. I will telephone him now. <sighs> Ah, you are waking up, senor. Mm -hmm. eh? We are going to take a little journey soon. But uh, I do not think it wise you should mm -hmm. appear in public like this. Do you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's better. Pleasant dreams, senor. Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. Now, Orson Welles, as the third man, continues with 
The Bohemian Star. It was early morning when I finally came to. My jaw ached where Maurice had clipped me and I had the great granddaddy of a hangover. Ooh. I lay still for a while. And then took a sort of tentative look around. The room I was in was small, had a sort of shut-in feeling. Then I saw something else. A man. One of the biggest, toughest, ugliest characters I'd ever clapped eyes on. Though, in a way, he looked sort of nice ugly, if you know what I mean. Not the, not the mean type. He stood up when he realized I was awake, and as soon as he spoke, I knew I was right about it. Watch it, chum. Have a good sleep? Well, you ought to know. <laughs> Been slumbering like an innocent babe, you have. Here, how'd you feel? More like something the cat dragged in. There wouldn't be any coffee on that stove, would there? Hmm? No. No. Well, I can fix you up with a nice cup of tea. The kettle will be boiling in a minute. Oh, that's fine. Say, so what's your name? Charlie. Mine's Harry. Pleased to meet you, Harry, I'm sure. Charlie, old man, where are we? Uh-huh. Huh? That'd be telling. How'd I get here? <laughs> Sorry, chum. I ain't allowed to give no information. Strict instructions. Mm. I understand. How's that tea coming along? Won't be off a tick now. I slept again afterwards. It's going on for midday when I woke. Charlie had some food ready. After we'd eaten, he suggested a game of cribbage to pass the time. I disapprove of gambling, except maybe poking for real stakes with a few aces up my sleeve. But my only hope was to cultivate Charlie. Thank goodness he was no hothouse flower. So we settled down to play. After about an hour, I judged the time for action was right. Fifteen-two, fifteen-four, a pair six, and one for his knob seven. Puts me out. That's a sprat you owe me. A sprat? Yeah, a tanner. Sixpence. Oh, oh, here you are. Sure. Your deal. Oh, sure. Look what I've done. Spilled them all over the floor. That's all right, chum. I'll pick them up. Thank you, Charlie. Oh! Thank you. One more for luck. Sorry, Charlie, old man. You're a nice guy. I tore up a sheet and bound and gagged Charlie. He had some keys in the pocket. I let myself out. I guess I'd been right. I was somewhere in the East End. I walked till I found a main road and then called a cab. Where to, Governor? Uh, Hotel Strandy. Now, double your fare if you get me there in 15 minutes. Right. Hang on. tackle this job. The bold approach. At the Splendid, I went straight over to the desk and asked for Senor Alvarez. Um, sorry, sir. He's not in at present. Well, how about his secretary? Well, he's not in either, sir. They haven't checked out, have they? They're still staying here. They leave my plane for New York this evening, I understand, sir. Uh, is there, is there any message? No, 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 thanks. That's, that's okay. (laughs) 
made the snatch yet. I had no idea where the safe deposit was, so all I could do was wait. Found a spot where I could keep out of sight and watch the elevators at the same time. An hour passed. An hour and a half. And then, there they were. As their elevators started to rise, I took the stairs three at a time. I reached the third floor just as the door of their suite was closing behind them. I wanted that bohemian star. Nothing greedy, you understand, but now or never. Gun in hand, I pressed the bell. You. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I wouldn't reach for a gun if I were you, nor you, Aritza. Unless you've a wish to commit suicide, just keep your hands up. Well up. Uh That's much more sensible. How did you get here? I got here by cab, if it's of any particular... Senor, my... Oh, Charlie. Don't worry about him. He'll get over it. Come on, let's go into the sitting room and have a nice, cozy talk. After you, senor. And you. Hmm. Ah, It's more like it. All right, Charles. The Rock. The Rock? Diamond, the diamond, the Bohemian Star. But you're mistaken, senor. We have not got it, have we, Manuel? We know. There must be some misunderstanding. The only misunderstanding has been so far was in you fellows mistaking me for a sucker. Step over here towards me, or it's a... What, me, senor? Come on, do as you're told. I'll turn you back. Keep those hands well up. Hmm. Nice, efficient little piece of ironmonger you've got. I'll have that, if you don't mind. Oh, good. But no doubt. Okay, you're next, Alvarez. But I'll assure you, senor, I give you my word of honor. And what's this? Your word of honor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite a hunk of stone, isn't it? You won't mind if I take charge of this, I'm sure. Senor, senor, let us talk. What more is there to say? We made a mistake, Manuel and I. We admit. Considering I have the stone and this gun, that seems rather obvious, don't you think? What I mean is that we made a mistake when we met last night, not inviting you to join us in this enterprise. Oh, what gives you the idea that I might have joined you? you in this? Are Harry Lime, are you not? Correct me if I'm wrong, but surely our object in this case has been the same, to obtain the Bohemian Star. Our object, maybe, but not our purpose. You speak in riddles, senor. Oh, no, 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 not at all, old man. You stole this jewel for your own enrichment. I've taken it from you now to return it to its rightful owner. Its rightful owner? You will pardon us if we smile, sir. You don't believe me? Okay, sit down, gentlemen. I have a little telephoning to do. Hello? Operator, get me Whitehall. One, two, one, two. That is Scotland Yard. You do not mean that you are going to telephone. senor, put down that telephone before it's too late, eh? Let us make a bar. Hello? Hello, is is that Scotland Yard? It's all right, Mr. Lyon. You needn't bother with that cold. Now, what's the idea? Who are you guys? I'm Detective Inspector Marsh, and this is my assistant, Sergeant Andrews. You're not so fast. How do I know you two are on the level? Hmm? Oh, here's my warrant card. Hmm. Glad to know you, Inspector. This all seems annoying. Sorry I sounded suspicious, but, you know, you might have been a couple of crooks, too. (laughs) Of course, the point hadn't occurred to me. This is an outrage. You have made a great mistake, senor. Uh, Well, we'll trash that out of the yard later. Uh, Take him away, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Uh, Come on, you... Well, I'm certainly glad you turned up when you did. I can't figure out how you got in so quietly. My ears don't miss much, and I'll, I'll swear I never heard that front door open. Well, of course you didn't. We've been here all the time. Here, in this actual room? Yes, behind those curtains. Well, I'll be darned. And what's more, we've a friend of yours. You can come out now, Mr. Freeman. Hello there. But, Terry, I don't get all this. Oh, it's all quite simply explained. When you didn't turn up this morning, I got a bit worried, so I phoned AAP, and they told me Paul Atkinson was in Malaya. Then I went round to the yard and gave the whole story to Inspector Marsh here. 
And you figure there must be some dirty work, huh, Inspector? <laughs> well, it did seem that something odd was going on. Doubly odd when I rang the Argentine embassy and they denied all knowledge of Alvarez and Noritza. Mm. So the management led us in here while they were away. We were just about to announce ourselves and find out what was what when the doorbell rang and you came in. So you figured you'd wait a while and see what happened, is that it? <laughs> exactly. I say. Mm, what is it? Just as well I'm not a crook, isn't it? I mean, if, if I tried to get away with the Bohemian Star instead of falling the yard... I'd have found myself in a lovely jam, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, well, I shan't pretend we didn't suspect you for a while, Mr. Lyme. But we know now that you're an honest man. That's all right. It's not everyone who'd risk his life the way you've done. Oh, that's that's okay. Here, I I guess you better take this stone, Inspector. I'll be glad to see the last of it. Oh, thanks. Of course, you realize there'll be a reward. Oh, no, no. Please, please. I no, but, but my dear fellow, it's, it's, it's oh, no more no, than you're no, entitled no. to. Don't you agree, Mr. Freeman? Oh, certainly. I'll see the matters taken up with the Bocanovian authorities, and you'll hear from them in due course. Well, if you insist, though. After all, I was only doing my duty. And you know, Terry, I really did intend writing that story for you. I'm sorry I slipped up on it. <laughs> hope okay. you didn't get into too much trouble with your news editor. Well, there was a bit of a row, but that's all right. Oh, it will be, old man, it will be. Just wait till he sees the story you've got from now. Lime returns in just a moment. Maybe I'd better hand in a little explanation. You're wondering what particular stroke of luck or lunacy led your old friend Harry to settle for just the reward, not to try for the diamond itself, at least while the going was good. Well, first of all, it was a very tidy little reward. And secondly, when I first came into that room, I just happened to notice the tip of what was unmistakably the shoe of a policeman sticking out out of the curtains. Now, you may think that knowing I wasn't alone with a couple of crooks, that the realization that Scotland Yard was tuned in on our conversation had something to do with my decision to, shall we say, play it straight. That's what you may think. In fact, you'd be silly not to. I hope you enjoyed that. Of course, Orson Welles was a larger-than-life character. Most notable for making and starring in the classic movie Citizen Kane, he also had some great quotes. Here's one that I found that's most timely. Popularity should be no scale for the election of politicians. 
If it would depend on popularity, Donald Duck and the Muppets would take seats in the Senate. (laughs) Stay tuned for Archie Andrews next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Next on the bill, Archie Andrews with Plumbing Woes. Hello. Relax, Archie. Relax. Yes, and you relax too, folks, if you can, because here he is again, right out of the pages of Archie Comics magazine, with all his gang, Archie Andrews. Well, tonight is Saturday night as we look in on the Andrews home in Riverdale. We find Mrs. Andrews in the living room sewing as Archie enters. I'll be down to get you in a taxi, honey. Da-da-da-da. Oh, hi, Mom. Well, Archie, what's all the rush? Big date, Mom. Excuse me, I gotta call Jughead. Oh, don't let me keep you. <laughs> Operator, get me Riverdale 247, please. They'll be ready about half past eight. Jughead, what kind of an answer is that? I heard that on a radio program. Ah. <laughs> Very funny. But listen, Jug, what time are you coming over here? As soon as I finish dressing. I want to get to the dance early. Why? Because the only time I can dance without bumping into everyone is when no one else is on the dance floor. <laughs> well, all right, Jug. We'll try to get there early so you can dance. You come over here as soon as you can, and then we'll call for Betty and Veronica. Okay. Are you dressed yet? No, but I'm going to get dressed right now. Okay, see you later. Yeah, bye, Judd. Huh? Bye. Oh, bye. Who are you taking to the dance, dear? Well, it's a long story, Mom. I wanted to take Veronica, but Betty wanted to go with me, too. And Jughead had no one to take, so we made it a double date and we're all going together. Oh, I see. Well, I better start dressing or I'll be late. Oh, I'll be down the dance. <laughs> Oh, that boy, he's exactly like his father. Oh, hello there. Newspaper down here? Yes, dear, right there. Fred, why are you wearing your bathrobe and slippers? Ah, yes, yes. Fred, I asked you a question. Yes, dear, yes. Fred Andrews, just what is so interesting in that paper? Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing, dear, nothing. Just, just glancing through it. Yes, says here, United Nations Week starts tomorrow. Yes, I know, but... General you... Assembly opens October 23rd. Yes, dear, that's fine, but I still want an answer to my question. Question? Question? What question? Well, I asked you why you're wearing your bathrobe and slippers. Hmm? Oh! <laughs> well, now, Mary, what do you want me to wear? A negligee and galoshes? <laughs> Fred, don't be funny. And tell me why you're wearing your bathrobe at 7.30. Well, Mary, if you have no violent objections, I am going to take a bath. A bath? Oh, but Fred, I thought we might go to a movie tonight. Oh, not tonight, dear. Not tonight. No, sir. I'm, I'm just in the mood for a nice hot bath. Yes, sir. I'd like nothing better than to relax for about half an hour and just soap and soak. Yes, sir. That's my motto tonight. Soap and soak. Or, uh, if you prefer, soak and soak. 
<laughs> I bet you can say that three times fast. <laughs> no, dear, I probably can't. No, no, just try it, Mary. Soap and soap, soap and soap, soap and soap and soap. <laughs> you see, it can't be done. Oh, honestly, Fred, <laughs> won't you ever grow up? Now go on, take your bath. All right, Mary. That's exactly what I intend to do right this minute. Oh, I'm forever blowing bubbles, for the bubbles in the air. Wonder if that's going to be hot enough, I... Just about Ooh, freezing, freezing. Oh, just a minute ago it was red hot, and now it's it's well, a little more hot will do. There we are. Soap and soak, soap and soak, soak and soap and No, 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 it can't be red, can't be red. Well, let's see now. The water should be just about uh, uh there we are. Just right, yes, sir. Just exactly right. Now, I'll just... Uh, huh? Hmm? What do you want, Mary? Telephone, Fred. Telephone? No, oh, no. Oh, for gosh sakes, who is it? Tom Henderson. So what does he want? He wants to talk to you. Oh, for... All right, I'll be right there. At least he called before I got in the tub. Oh, no. <laughs> Mm. Were you in the tub, Chris? Almost, but not quite. Now, I wonder what the dickens that old windbag wants. Here you are. Huh? Oh, thanks. Hello? Oh, yes, fine. Fine, Tom. How's yourself? <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it. I... Yes. Well, I was... Well, yes. All right, yes, let's do that. Yes. Well, glad you called, Tom. Bye. What did he want, dear? What did he want? He just wanted to say hello. Well, I guess he did. He did. I don't know why that old windbag calls me up all the time. He never has a thing to say. Not a blessed thing. Well, up to the bath. I'm forever blowing. Now, who locked this confounded door? Archie. Archie, are you in there? Yes, Dad, I'm taking a bath. Oh, I'm taking a bath. Well, that's right. Taking a bath? In my tub? Archie, for God's sake, I was going to take a bath. What do you wish, Dad? I'm going out and i got to take a bath before I get dressed. Oh, sure. So you just jump right into my nice tub of hot water. Do you think that water grew there? Oh, gosh, no. I thought Mom got it ready for me. Oh, fine. I'd... Well, I suppose now that you're in the tub, you're in the tub. I sure am, Dad. But don't be all night about it, do you hear? Be out in two minutes, Dad. All right, see that you are. Turn back in a moment. Mary. Yes, dear? Mary, do you know what happened? What? Well, while I was down here listening to Tom Henderson say hello, your son got into the bathtub. Oh, for pity sake. I don't know why. The moment I turn my back, somebody's oh, Fred, always... Oh, will you answer uh, that, dear? Oh, all right, I'll answer it. But if that's Tom Henderson, I'll have something... Hello? Hello? 
Oh, oh, Veronica, yes. Is it Mr. Andrews? Is Archie there? Oh, no, he's upstairs in the... Uh, he's upstairs, Veronica. Oh, would you mind calling him to the phone? Calling him to the... Why, Veronica, that would be a pleasure. <laughs> Archie! Oh, Archie! Calling me, Dad? Yes, telephone. Veronica! Keep it, I'll be right there. All right, Veronica, he'll be right here. Oh, thanks, Mary. Well, Mary, I guess that'll teach the boy to go around bathing behind people's backs. <laughs> Fred, you're just cutting off your nose to spike the face. Now you'll only have to wait that much longer to take your bath. Mary, I don't care if I have to... Uh, oh, I never thought of that. But... Gee, thanks, Dad. Archie, you catch your desert cold running around in that towel. Oh, I'll only be a minute, Mom. Well, I see that you're no longer... Hello? Archie, for goodness sake, just what is tickling you? <laughs> Gee whiz, Dad, this is important. Well, important or not, either say something or get back upstairs and finish that bath. Okay, Dad, okay. Hello, Veronica. Yes? I've got to rush now. Did you want to speak to me about anything special? Well, yes. What time are we going to the dance? Well, I don't know. About 8.30, I guess. Well, sure, if you want, Veronica. Is that all? Uh-huh. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye, Veronica. Well, what was so important? Well, you see, Veronica wanted Never mind, to never mind. Just get upstairs and finish that back. Dad, I'll be finished before you can say Jack Robinson. Archie, I do not want to say Jack Robinson. I want to take a bath. Really, I think you're making too much fuss about this whole thing. You can take a bath five minutes from now. Now, Mary, that is not the point. I like to take a bath when I'm in the mood for taking a bath, not just any time. Oh, you have to be inspired. No, Mary, I don't. The point is that the boy had no right to go in that tub when I was already to use it. Well, he didn't know. He knew I was waiting when he was on the phone, didn't he? Well, yes. And did you hear him? (laughs) (laughs) Does he care that I'm waiting to take a bath? No, he sits there giggling. Mary, it's time that boy learned to think of other people. Fred, you're making a big fuss over nothing. He's probably through by now. Mary, I am not making any fuss over... Through? You think he is? Archie! Archie! Yes, Dad? Archie, are you out of the bathtub yet? Well, no, Dad. I'm waiting for it to fill up. Oh, fill up? Yeah. It was ice cold when I got back here, and I had to fill it up all over again. Mary, you see... Now, Fred, remember your blood pressure. Blood pressure? Mary, in a minute, I won't need a hot bath. I'm boiling right now. Will you please stop pacing up and down? Mary, is that boy going to stay in that bathtub all night? I'm sure I don't know. He had to... Dad, all through with the tub. When I was a boy, we took a... Through? 
Archie, did you say you were through? Yes, Dad. Well, it's about time. There, you see? I'll uh, see what. Oh, never mind you. Just go up and take your bath. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, madame. I'm certainly glad I have your permission. <laughs> People out of the bath, I'm all right. <laughs> oh, I'm forever blowing bubbles. Let's see now. I don't want to get it too hot again. I. Oh, for gosh sakes. Mary! Yes? This water is ice cold. It is? Well, Archie must have used all the hot water. Oh, fine. Well, what do I do now? Just let it run. Just what? Just let the water run. All right. Let it run. I don't know why we can't have enough hot water around here. I like to... Oh, 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 for God's sake. Gee, where's that? What was all the noise? Just the water pipe. It was knocking. Oh, gosh, I thought the house was falling in. Archie, the house was not falling in. The water... What was that noise? Mary, I was running the hot water faucet and the pipe started to clatter. But it never happened before. I know it, Mary, but it was just an ordinary pipe rattle. Evidently, the washer is gone. Washer? Yes, the washer. The rubber washer that keeps the faucet from leaking. It must be worn out and the air is getting in there and making the pipe knock. It's just as simple as that. Oh, I see. Well, you better forget about your bath and I'll call the plumber first thing in the morning. Mary, tomorrow is Sunday and you cannot get a plumber on Sunday and I can fix a thing myself in half a minute. Mary, it's perfectly simple. All I have to do is go down to the basement and shut off the hot water, then open this faucet up and put in a new washer. Well, I still think a plumber should do it. Me too, Dan. Now, listen. I am not paying any plumbers to do this job. I can do it myself. I want a bath. And by gosh, I'm going to get one if I have to rebuild the house to do it. Oh, dear. Hello? 
Well, yes, dear, but he can't come to the phone right now. He's up in the bed. Uh, he's very busy. Gosh, I wanted to ask him something very important. Well, maybe I can ask him for you, Betty. Well, all right. Ask him what time he plans on getting to the dance. All right, dear. Hold on. Mary! Archie! Yes, Mom? Betty's on the phone. Betty? She was what she wants. She wants to know what time you're going to the dance, dear. 8.35. All right, I'll tell her. Hello, Betty. Mary! Yes, Mrs. Andrews? Archie says 8.35, dear. Oh, so late. Gosh. Ask him if he couldn't make it a little earlier. We always get to dance as late and miss half of it. I'd like to get there right on time this once. Well... Mary! All right, Betty, I'll ask him. Hold on. and how it happened, just unlock it. But, Dad, the lock part isn't turned. The doorknob must be broken. Archie, I can... Uh, oh, broken? Oh, it couldn't be broken. I mean, I mean, I never heard of a lock just breaking. I, oh, well, how am I going to get in to take my... Archie, are you sure? Positive. No. Oh, fine. Fine. Something else I have to attend to first? <laughs> oh, nothing important. I just have to saw this bathroom door open, that's all. 
Okay, just be quiet. I never knew would take so long to sew. Well, Archie, your father's almost finished. Now, just be, just be patient. I'm, I'm almost finished, all right. Well, hurry up or I'll be late. Archie, I want to get in there just as much as you want to get out. Archie, just be quiet. Oh, there. There, it's finished. Dad, I think it's finished. Uh, yes, Archie, I know. Now, just see if you can knock that piece out, will you? What piece? The piece of wood around the doorknob that I just saw. Oh, okay. Look out. There. Yeah, that did it. It fell out. <laughs> yes, sir, there we are. At last. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Archie, get your head out of that hole and open the door. Boy, I bet not many houses have a hole in the bathroom door. Archie, I said to take your head out of that hole. Okay, I would... That's funny. Come on, hurry up, Archie, hurry up. Gee whiz, Dad, don't you think I would if I could? I want to take a... What do you mean, if you could? Archie, what do you mean? Oh, for pity's sake, his head is stuck in there. Oh, boy, I'm sure stuck. Oh, now, how can his head be stuck? He got it in, didn't he? Yeah, but it, it sure won't come out. Listen, if it went in, it's got to come out. Whatever, look, I'll see them. Oh, Dad, don't wash the boy's head that way. Well, it's the only way to get him out. Oh, hey, quit it, Dad, don't. Oh, hey. All right. Guess that won't work. Well, now, let me see that. There must be some way to do this. Well, um, maybe you should take the hinges off. The hinges? Oh, no, I can't. They're on the inside. Archie, can't you open that door? How? It opens out and my shoulders are jammed against the wall. Jammed again? Oh, yes, that's right. Well, she was... I sure look silly wearing a bathroom door around my neck the rest of my life. Fred, do something. Well, uh, uh, do you have any ideas? What will people think when they see me wearing a door? Especially a bathroom door. Archie, people won't think anything. They Fred, I think the boy's turning blue. Blue? Now, Mary, don't get hysterical. He's not turning blue. Just a little green. Uh, Archie, be quiet. Wait a minute. I know. I know. Archie, you must have put your head in sideways. The hole is wider that way. Oh, Gee, maybe I did. Yeah, so just try to take it out that way. Go on, just turn your head sideways. That's it, that's it. And I just, just, just a little more. If I turn it any more, I won't know if I'm coming or going. <laughs> oh, Archie. Archie, come on now. Just turn your head a little bit more. Here, I'll help. Oh, hey, Fred, hey, you're wringing his neck. <laughs> that's the best thought of the evening. No. Come on, Archie. Oh. Turn. Ouch. Oh, I, uh, oh, I, just, uh, Ah. My mouth. <laughs> there. That did it. Now, Archie, open that door and come out here. <sighs> Thank goodness. Wow. Am I still in one piece? Of course you're still in one piece. Thank goodness that's over. Yes. Now, if you'll just let me get to that faucet, I'll put in a new washer and everything. Fred, why don't you give up the idea? Mary, I am not quitting now. But, Dad, why don't why? you call a poop? I'll just open this faucet, and... Oh, uh, gee. Oh, dear. Uh, Archie, I thought you said the water was turned off. Gee, it, it was off, Dad. Archie, are you sure? Positive. Oh, no. How do these things happen to me? Here I go, traipsing around the basement all evening, and come up here, and Archie's locked in, and he... 
sticks his head into the hole, and then I can't get in the hole when I want to. I, I mean the tub when I want to, and now I find the water is still running. But, I, Fred, the pipes didn't knock. Yeah, the pipes didn't knock the least bit that time. Does that have to be explained to me? I, uh, oh, didn't knock. Oh, oh but, but, but if the washer's worn out, they've... Uh, I mean, the last time I tried the pipes, they were, they were, uh, uh, <laughs> they didn't knock, did they? No, they didn't. Well, then let's try that faucet again. By gosh, they don't knock. And just feel that water, piping hot. <laughs> well. Oh, that's well, then. Yes, dear. What did you do to fix it? What did I do to fix it? What did I do? Yeah. Well, you 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 know, Mary, that that's easy. I I just went down to the basement and I I I uh, well, I I mean I I I well, I simply went under the boiler and and while I was uh well, it's it's a highly technical matter, Mary. I don't think I oh, isn't that the front door? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. I bet that's Jughead. Yes, yes, I, I bet it is Jughead. You you'd better hurry. Yeah, well, see you later, Mom. See you later, Dad. Yeah, yes. Uh, see you later, Archie. Hey, I'm coming, Judge. I'm coming. Well, saved by the bell. Well, dear, I guess I can finally take that bath. Yes, dear, I suppose so. But um, later, I wish you'd explain that highly technical matter of how you fix the water pipe. <laughs> I'll be downstairs if you want me. Yes, all right, dear. Later. I'll, I'll explain it all later. <laughs> Much later. Well, it's quite a night. Quite a night. That's all water under the bridge. I suppose anything else can happen. No, I'm forever blowing a bubble. Well, that should be enough water, I think. Let's see how that is. That's right. Oh, that's fine. Oh, I'm forever blowing bubbles. Ready? Oh, oh, that's a little warm. Oh, this is just what the doctor ordered. Just what the doctor ordered. Soap and soak. <laughs> soap and soak, soap and soak, soak and soap and soap and soap. And soap. <laughs> I can't say it, I can't say it. <laughs> soap. Now, where is the soap? Oh, Mary! Oh, Mary! Fred, what now? Would you bring me a piece of soap, please? It is a soap tray. No, it isn't. Mary, I say that there isn't a drop of soap in here. Archie must have used the last of it. Oh, dear. That's terrible. Mary, never mind the editorial comments. All I want is another piece of soap. Well, that's just it, dear. There isn't any. I went to six stores today and couldn't get a single cake of soap. Fred, you'll just have to forget your bath. Forget my... Oh, how do these things happen to me? Yes, 
course, when it comes to things being peaceful and quiet around the Andrews home, it's always no soap. You've been listening to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Zampel, and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Archie is played by Bob Hastings, Jughead by Harlan Stone, Mrs. Andrews by Alice Yorman, Dad by Ian Martin, Veronica and Betty by Gloria Mann and Rosemary Rice. This program is directed by Kenneth McGregor. But now for another glimpse of the Andrews. Later that night, Mom and Dad have just gotten into bed. Well, good night, dear. Good night. Good night, Fred. But I still say the whole thing was Archie's fault. Oh, Fred, let's forget it. It doesn't really matter. Well, all right. But it does matter. Good night, dear. Good night. Good night, dear. Are you home already? Yeah, and boy, did I have a swell time. Really? And how Veronica and I won the jitterbug contest. But that dance committee, you'd think they'd spend a little money on prizes. Well, didn't you get any prizes? Oh, yeah, Veronica got a bottle of perfume. Well, that's nice. Oh, sure, but you know what I got stuck with? Oh, what? Bath soap. Plain old bath soap. What? Oh, no! Listen next week for more of the merry adventures of Archie Andrews. This is Bob Sherry wishing you a very pleasant weekend. So long! This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, Orson Welles is back, but with a different radio series called The Black Museum, followed by Ozzie and Harriet. Thanks to Joel Showell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.